Welcome to another installment of the Nimrod Generation Podcast. I am Leo, as always with me, that boy Vincent. What's up, Vincent? Hey, what's going on? I gotta say one thing. Uh, this movie had a lot of booze. So, what were you, are you sipping on anything today? A lot of booze. Well, I got a, uh, had a 24-pack of the Shiner Cheers. I still got some of those. Got one of those right here. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, I made the mistake of sending my wife to uh, the store. Because I got me some uh, Michelob Ultra. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so that's so exciting. Hey, hey, fat boy needs to get on a diet. Yeah, well, that's why you got the Ultra. Yep, yep, yep. Now I got to chug these to feel anything. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, I I didn't think there was going to be enough uh, that much amount of alcohol. But, you know, I should have realized it having... I guess they were celebrating the grandma's birthday, which we're actually talking about. Secret Wars from 2009, directed Summer by Wars. Secret Wars, Summer Wars. Summer Wars. Eh, Summer Wars it is. Yeah, you're right. Summer Wars. Yeah. Directed by Mamuro. I say I'm I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but is it Osada or Hosada? I think it's Osada. Okay, I'm asking you shit. Uh, no, it would be Hosada. All right. So yeah, Hosoda, because there's hoes there. Yeah, Hosoda. You a hoe? Oh, you weren't calling me a hoe? Yeah, you a hoe. Oh damn! You, we start. We we starting off the year like this already. We we this is how we gonna go at it already. You got your hoe soda, so. Uh, I... <laughs> do you, do you, do people not hear the abuse I had to sit through? But. All right, so Summer Wars 2009. I just heard about this movie about a week ago when you told me about it. Uh, you sold me on the animation. The The trailer looked pretty cool. All I know is I kept thinking Digimon, Digimon and Digimon. Go figure that I was thinking about the Digimon movie, and he was one of the directors on it. Well, well, well. So... Similar art style and everything, yeah. Oh wow, I I liked it. Um, yep. I, I didn't. I when I watched the trailer, I thought it was gonna be something more different than what it is. I was thinking more of uh, more of the Avatar side of things. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking of something Dot Hack kind of related. Yeah. But uh, it, it's n- nothing like that. It's it's actually a pretty cool concept to this. Um, when when did you watch it? When did you get a first chance to uh, be introduced? Uh, I can't remember. I think a friend of mine was had bought it and said I needed to watch it. It was oh, she's had to be around 2010 or or 11, mm. somewhere back there. Yeah. So he brought it over and I watched it with my daughter. Okay. You know, this movie actually uh, premiered August first, two thousand nine, in Japan, oh, nice. which is it's a it's a date that actually has a lot to do with with the movie because uh, well the story goes a grandma's getting her family together to have her birthday and was it Kenichi? No, Ken, was it, uh, Kenji? Kenji, yeah, yeah is asked to go to 
Natsuki. Natsuki's uh, birthday party, grandma's birthday party. But I think she offered him like a job. Wasn't that yeah, what it was? She said she was offering him a job for the summer, for a few days. Yeah, it turns out the job was uh, he had to act like he's her boyfriend that traveled abroad from a year in America. Also, what was it he did? He was from a, an old family. Yeah. And uh, attended Tokyo University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, even though I think the job he had was kind of sweet, I guess. He, didn't oh, yeah. he work for, like, he worked for the major corporation. Uh, I guess, like, what, how we have all our data being saved by some big-ass company. Uh, he worked for Oz, which is, like, this this movie's big pri- proprietor to uh, internet yeah. and all that kind of access. Well, in the, in the movie, Oz is basically a virtual world connected to the real world. Like, you can, anything you can do in the real world, you can pretty much do in Oz. You know, meeting people, going places, doing things, paying bills, or all that kind of stuff. And you can tie every, tie a lot of things that you have in the real world into Oz, which comes into play later on in the movie yeah it to me it felt like a legit if it was world of warcraft because you can they said build your own avatar and everything like and it was i thought the avatars they had on this was pretty cool because you usually see like other shows or like even video games with avatars everything's always set to like a specific way it felt like this was just rearranged to you can do whatever you want with it, 100%. Like, you want to be cartoony, you can be cartoony. You want to be badass, it's badass, you know? Yeah, which was the whole pull of the Oz world. You could do whatever you want in there. Yeah. Be who you really want to be. It, But it kind of did the whole... Back then, we still had the flip phones when this movie came out. So, to me, yeah. it's kind of funny that, like, even nowadays, if you want to have, like, let's say, even a streaming account, you can link your your Facebook account to it. You know, yeah. uh, before it wasn't like that. You know, you nowadays like, oh, uh, would you like to sign up for this? OK, if you don't want to create a new password and everything, you can link your. Your your Facebook account, and that's what I find cool or not cool anymore, but I, I find that weird that like Facebook is now linked to everything kind of reminded me of what Oz was in this movie. Yeah, well, kind of like. Discord, you link Discord to your Twitch and your yeah, that too accounts like that. So you I guess link this... your Amazon Prime to your Twitch account, and it's all connected. Yeah, it's like you can't even just have one set account for everything, and that's why nowadays people getting hacked. That's like the worst thing because it's like you pick up one thing, you end up getting fucked left and right, you know. Yeah. So. That's why you got to go for the two-factor authorization, people. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's a story that I felt was going to be more prone to, like, a digital world scenario just at that. But it's not. Uh, we end up finding out that there is, like, a virus, an AI virus that learns as it goes created by someone which i found it to be the funniest name to be honest when they said love machine 
I was like, wait, what the fuck? What kind of name is that? That's the name of the virus, Love Machine. I, Jesus. I mean, can, can we, if we, if, not to say that we want, but if we have another variant of Corona, can we just like give it like a sexy name too? I mean, this movie showed a pretty devastating sexy violent, you know, sexy virus. That's what you want to call it. What will we call it? You're like, you're on your own, Leo. Yeah, you are. So, yeah, despite that, it's it's crazy. Um, Kenji actually helps break a code to this virus to infiltrate uh, the Oz. It's kind of weird to say, like, Oz organization. Yeah, because the, the virus figured out a way to hack into Oz, but it couldn't do it on its own, so it emailed a whole bunch of people to try and get someone to break the code and give out the password, and Kenji was one of those people. He was a second, or like he almost made the Tokyo Olympics math team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a mathematician, like a math wizard, you want to call him, genius. Yeah. So the, he gets the email and then solves it just to solve it because he sees it, recognizes it as a math problem, and then he's on the news the next day because Oz gets effed up. Yeah, this uh, virus ends up taking over, you know, routes, uh, emergency lines, plumbing, uh, electricity, everything got thrown out of proportion so it's up to kanji and what was her uh natsuki's cousin's name shoda shoda which he had king oh no that wasn't shoda i forget which shoda was the police officer one. Oh, the one the the perv i don't know I, I have to tell, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I watch these animes and the cousins are falling in love with the sisters and the brothers and all this going on, I'm like, yo, Second what? Cousins, yeah. I'm just like, hold up, man. This is kind of weird. Yeah, but, the 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 other cousin was Kazuma Ikizawa. Kazuma. And, and that's King, King Zuma, right? King Kazuma. King Kazuma, all right. No, so, Kazuma was the name. Cosma without the U was King Cosma. Ah. So yeah, so it's up to this uh, family and Kenji to try to save this cyber world and having the world to not go into so much chaos. But before we dive a little more into that, do you have any details involving this film? No, I mean, I didn't go too deep into all the behind the scenes stuff in, the, in this one I just kind of I remembered it from before and f- figured we'd check it out but a lot of the reveal stuff in the plot mm-hmm. was kind of funny and interesting I mean it's kind of a slice of life movie but you've got the whole other world and virtual stuff coming into the real world yeah well i actually have here that apparently this movie uh apparently all five pages of the storyboards for this film 
was written in a Denny's while Hosada used to work there doing 12 to 16 hour shifts. So that actually made me wonder how back ago did he did he write this? Because if he was yeah. doing Digimon the movie and was it 2000 and what was it, 2005, 2000? I wasn't a huge Digimon fan, so I don't know when the movie came out. Yeah, I guess to try to capitalize on the whole Pokemon thing, but I I remember like oh, yeah. I did like Pokemon over Digimon, but when the movie came out, I personally remember, yo, these graphics, you know, like I was just like, wow, you know, that little inner kid in me. Yeah, since the movie came out in two thousand, Pokemon, uh, Digimon movie. Yeah, the Digimon movie. Ah, so there you go. So I wonder how far back this dude was working at a Denny's to make this. I highly doubt he went from making Digimon the movie to go back to working at Denny's. Yeah, that's true. So there's that, um, which actually that's what ties in this movie with actually Digimon. Uh, The grandma's birthday is August 1st. Which is like what they call Odaiba Day. And it's actually something celebrated among Digimon fandom. Did really? you know that? Yeah, it's actually Odaiba Day is the day that com- it com- ah, it's the day that Digidestin actually, well, the chosen children, as they call it, entered the digital world mm-hmm. when they got sucked in. So that's actually kind of like their holiday. Like, believe it or not, we actually have a flash day. <laughs> It's kind of weird, but we do have day f- for like the Flash, and we and like September, like the f- was it the the third September, the third Saturday in September is a uh, Batman Day. Did you did you ever know about any of that stuff? Nah, I never. I mean, I might have at one time, but I never really stuck with it. The only weird one like that is May the fourth. Oh, that see, like like that kind of fandom stuff, you know, like they they have that in Japan for Digimon August first. So it's kind of a clear, you know, grandma's birthday in this movie is the um, I guess one of the movies that really helped his career launch. Yeah. Um, also, kind of have the he, of course, having the same kind of style and animation, having to do with uh, computer world stuff it also has a lot to do with digimon uh hacking viruses all that kind of stuff is is like a big hot stew you know that a lot of people say that this film is somewhat of a like kind of a mirror movie in a sense i don't see it really i like you said it's like a slice of life kind of thing where i don't think it really comes out like that yeah so there's there's with everything going on in this film is there any key points that you enjoyed any any things that that really stood out for you well i mean i did think it was kind of funny and embarrassing at the same time for natsuki that she uh made Kenji's backstory exactly like her uncle's backstory that she fell in love with so long ago. 
See, see what I mean? That's another thing. Like, cousins fall in love with cousins. Nieces fall in love with uncles. Like, I, I need to know this entire family's backstory to be like, I yeah. understand what the hell is going well, on here. He was the great-grandmother's husband's illegitimate son. So he was only, like, half related to her. Mm-hmm. So he's like her half-uncle. Okay. Still, it's just it's always weird when you think about it. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Well, it seems like at one point they was it wasn't like uh, Kenshi was able to figure out a way to stop the growth of this love machine virus. Yeah, once they figured out it was taking over all these accounts and wreaking havoc in the real world, they reenacted a strategy that the family had used back in uh, a Japanese feudal war and battle. And so they, they lured Love Machine into a inner sanctum so to speak, and try to drown it in the world of Oz. But oh. yeah. the, the, the screw-up character, that's the policeman, wound up taking all the ice that they had to use to cool down this supercomputer they were using, and the supercomputer overheated and broke the barrier so the love machine could get out. Okay, let me ask you this. Speaking of the supercomputer, are there really computers like that? Or was this just a movie? I'm I'm not trying to be funny or anything. Like I mean there's huge ass computers that you can put servers in and make big drives for and everything. It's just just not something that normal people use. He said it was for a university, so you can imagine a whole university using this computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like the backups that we use at work for all of our computers because they just, you know, they don't run off for themselves independently. They use data from the other computers in the central location. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I never knew how that kind of stuff worked. So I like when I watched the movie, I'm like, is that? But like, I, what I found funny was, you know, like how. By the way, the grandma has passed away at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the most lovable character in this movie passes away. That's that's actually sad. Yeah, it was a choice. But it was to kind of rally everybody into hating and wanting to get rid of the Love Machine because Love Machine messing with everything kind of helped lead to the grandmother passing away. So, because yeah. the, the uncle had her monitored, and the monitorization was run through Oz to help alert him if anything happened. True. Yeah, but there. Did you ever notice, like, as all this is going on, like, even like, because like they fight Love Machine twice in this movie, and in the background of this entire movie, there's always a baseball game playing. Yeah. Isn't like the one of the daughters to one of the aunt, one of the sons to one of the aunts is like his is this is it high school team? Yeah, high school. Baseball. Yeah, 
they're they're trying to get into the regional championships or whatnot and national championships. National. Oh damn. So they they in there. But like every time like they're like you see them losing in the cyber world, you, you have like the whole image of like the team in the in the game actually losing. And yeah. then it'll, it'll like it'll, it'll go back and forth once they feel like they defeated uh, Love Love Machine the first. I was gonna say Love Child, <laughs> Love Machine the first time. It goes into like, oh, they won this game. You know, they're going into uh, this conference final to go to the to the nationals and yeah. this and this and that and that. And then that's what happens the first day. And I don't know, maybe it could have been like Love Machine that because he still had. Apparently, he was also taking over so many, like, um, accounts. Mm-hmm. He would absorb the accounts or whatnot. So, like, apparently, they got a lot of them free on the first try. But, this, like, he was still able to hang on to so many. And which caused, overnight, also caused some more damages. There's also this Im- this image and thing going on with, um, with a satellite that, at first, uh, it pretty much shows up at the end of the movie it's like a os satellite that is going to plummet into earth eventually or get no, it's a it's a japanese satellite that's trying to probe a meteor mm-hmm. and they lose contact with it you know it's going it's going and it's everything's regular but as love machine keeps getting these newer more and more accounts from users it winds up getting the account of the user that controls the satellite. And so he takes the satellite offline and redirects it back towards the Earth. Yeah. We can know we'll find that out until later on in the film. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What part of the movie did you find more interesting at this point? Like, the cyber world or the real world? I don't know. I mean, they were both pretty interesting to me because, yeah, you've got Love Machine going on trying to kill everything or, you know, take over Oz and after that, it'll take over the real world, I guess, but in the real world, you've got the bastard son coming home causing drama and the whole family getting all mixed up and everything and then Kenji's whole speech to the family like yeah I guess I did it but thanks for having me over because this is something that I never got to experience when I was growing up and all that shit and then like you said with the the high school game there's a lot of stuff going on in the real world as well as the digital one yeah, and actually, what that's what I found this movie to be very interesting was the fact that you had both worlds, but there was interesting stuff going on in both. It's not it. I feel like this movie could be watched by both fans of like the cyber sci-fi stuff and like the slice of life stuff. You know, I think it's a well-balanced movie. Um, you don't you're not out of the cyber world too long, but you're also not out of the real world too long. Yeah. So it's not like you only you're only in the cyber world for maybe well in this movie it feels yeah they're more in the real world more but you don't feel it as much yeah so like I said I 
like I enjoy the animation uh, when they went into the cyber world. Like I said, it it just it stands out. That animation completely stands out. Um, I don't know. I never thought seeing a bunny with a with a jacket looked so cool. <laughs> to be honest, I, I mean seriously, I that avatar was pretty badass. Yeah, King Kong, yeah. So it kind of reminded me of Terry from uh, Final Fight. Terry Bogart. Final Fight. Yeah, Terry Bogart. Yeah. So all that's missing was the blonde hair and the and the cap, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. And then you're know, like, with the burner account that Kenji got, because of course when they <laughs> thought that he hacked everything, they locked him out of the system. Yeah. Much well, you know, it, it was them and it was Love Machine locking people out, stealing their accounts. Mm-hmm. But uh, they made him a burner account. He was just a little fat chipmunk. <laughs> Dude, when I saw that, and then like he's like trying to chase after Love Machine, I'm like, are you serious? Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like for some reason, don't get me wrong. I for some reason thought like, why this guy like digivolve or evolve into something <laughs> big? You know, you know what I mean though, right? Like I yeah, pictured no, something was, like that. That was later on in the film. Was it? No, that was. Well, I mean, Love, Love Machine kind of digivolved, who, yeah. He fucking. He went devourers like, uh, what was the villain from uh, Mortal Kombat? Fucking devourers souls and shit. Shang Tsung. Yep, that's the one. But Shang Tsung never went like that and shit. Yeah, no. But I thought I thought the main boss was pretty cool. Uh, it kind of reminded me. Did you ever watch the movie uh, Little Little Nemo? Yeah, I think I've seen it once. It's like where the kid goes into like this fun kind of world or whatever, and yeah. he's like a frog, and like they're riding around in his in his in his bed. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those classic movies that I've. If I see it come on, the rare moment if it does pop up on TV, I watch it. If I'm going through a streaming site and yeah. I I see it. My wife's like, no, 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 because she knows I'm going to click play on that movie. It was an old comic strip in like the 20s or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, newspaper strip. Huh, I guess that's where the idea came from. But I always thought that movie was like an like an old school anime. It It's actually on, I think, either Funimation or Crunchyroll. For viewing. That's That's the weird thing about it, but... But maybe it was done by a Japanese company. Who knows? You can look it up. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where like the 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 main villain at the very end, like the like it devoured the souls and everything, and it turned itself into a giant shadow taking over like this like Dreamland or Happy Land or whatever it was. Yeah, the anime movie came out in 1989, but the. Uh... Actual Little Nemo cartoon was created by American cartoonist Windsor McKay. Mm-hmm. He came out in an early strip called Dream of the Rare Bit Fiend. And then Little Nemo in Slumberland was that. It was an anime. No, a cartoon strip. The, the 1989 movie was an anime? The 1989 movie, yeah, was an anime, but Little Nemo in Slumberland ran from 1905 until 1911. Shit, that makes me want to... In the New York Herald. 
Yeah, this this makes me want to think of how the hell Japan ended up going. Like, hey, you remember that old ass comic book strip from old, from nineteen oh five? Let's make a movie out of that. Yeah. That's uh, to me that, that that'd be something interesting to look into. To be honest, I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, but another thing like this whole family getting together, I I found it funny. Oh, and by the way, Vincent, if you had a chance to uh, go with the first meal of, sh- of squid, a second meal of squid, and for dessert, uh, can you guess it? Squid. Yeah, which one would you go? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that many squid dishes. <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of cool how you did have an interesting, like, th- this kind of reminded me of, like, those, like, family movies where, like, you have, like, all these members of the family and they're just weird, you know, like you have the, the uncle who's into like the fishing stuff. You have I know like they, they didn't mention the husbands at first, but they had the wives there. And it seems yeah. like those like what we call in Spanish las metidas, you know, like the ones that are always in everybody's business or whatnot. You had of course the kids are always running around the damn movie. Yeah. And then and the, the perverted old uncle. Perverted old uncle, yep. And his voice, every time I heard, because I, I watched it dubbed because I needed to get through it real quick. Um, I did watch it dubbed and I was writing notes as I was going. That's why. And like my wife came and asked me, she uh, came and asked me some questions. So I was like, I started watching it subbed and I'm like, fuck, OK, I'm not going to get a chance. So I went ahead and dub, <laughs> put it in dub. Right. And I remember the guy who did the, the voice to the perverted uncle. Ended up being the guy who it also does one of my favorite animes, uh, Beck Mongoni Chop Squad Beck. That's like a slice of life anime where, like, you have a group of friends. Some of them already like in in the in the indie industry and rock, and then you have like the two kids who are coming out of high school. Uh, they don't know what they want to do with their lives. They're not, of course, math majors or anything like that. But yeah, one's a drummer. One's like figuring out. Oh, I can. Like he's kind of becoming like a guitar whiz or whatever, so they're trying to just find their own own place in the musical world and the underground. And it's like a struggle, you know, like how bands like either stick through stuff and don't sell out. And that was like the whole concept. Like when you think one selling out, it's it was really like you know how the industry can turn your words around yeah. and all shit like that. It was one of those kind of animes where I found it to be pretty interesting. Um, I know uh, Kenshi's um, Kenshi's friend, the one that also worked at Oz, he was done by T- uh, Todd Hebicorn. Yeah, Todd Hebicorn one does all kinds of shit. Shit, yeah, Natsu from Fairy Tale. Uh, he did some stuff for the Jinji Ito collection. Who's that he, little weird ass kid? Any Edward Elric? No. Edward Elric. Are you, talk, are you talking about Full Metal? Yeah. And have recording Full Metal. I forget. That's a that's a pretty good interesting question. I don't think wait, I don't think it was I don't think he did the uh because uh, I know he's done I know he did Soul Eater. He was What's his name? He was Death the Kid. So, all right. And Black Hat. Uh, no, Aim. No. 
uh, he was in One Piece, apparently. Um, XX Holic, he was the main character. Oh, yeah, that's I remember him from that. Uh, he also was, I know he was in The Gray Man. Uh, oh, Sergeant Frog, he was uh, Carrero. <laughs> Forgot about that. Okay, I'm going to say this straight up right off the bat. If you're an initial D fan and you remember that Tokyo Pop had their own dub version, you remember? I don't know if you actually recently watched Initial D, Funimation did their own dubbing on it. So in the original, the guy, uh, James Blum, the guy who does Spike Spiegel does Rai Takahashi, the uh, the first guy that, um, the guy with the A86. What was his name? Takumi. Takumi. Takumi beats him on the first uh, race down the hill. So that was done by him. But when they recently like redid the Funimation dub, it was done by Todd Hebercorn. Which to me sounded way completely off and way too weird. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I I remember Spike Spiegel doing this voice, not this guy, not yeah, not he was he was not in Full Metal as far as I could tell. He was Android nineteen. Okay, at nineteen. Yeah. Which one was this? The one with the black hair and the bandana around his neck. The black hair. I thought it was seventeen. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. Like the, the androids, because I'm eighteen was the girl. Yeah, I thought no, 17, seventeen and eighteen was the Goku-looking guy. Okay, then I might have got them confused. Like I thought because they went, the the later one was I thought nineteen was the the Goku. No, 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 nineteen was the big fat, red ribbon army, white. That blue-looking one. Yeah. Vegeta would kill that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was in, in Helsing Ultimate. Uh, what the hell is K-Project? He was in Kill a Kill? Yep. Apparently, he was also in Digimon Fusion as Puppetmon. Uh, Sailor Moon? What the hell? Like I'm, I'm mind fucked at this point. Sailor Moon, really, but like we said, the dude's been in a lot of shit. He was in Black Clover. I remember that. Vic Mignonez, Mignonia or whatever. That's the guy. Who and did Howard Edward? Apparently, Edward. yeah. Because apparently, at this point, and as of 2021, the he's last credited on Pretty Boy Detective Club. What the hell is Pretty Boy Detective Club? Yeah. I just clicked on it, and you know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, it's it's a cool story. Um, And, like, we were talking about the family, how they have... We have the fisherman guy. We have... To me, like, if you... They seem like they live in just a run-of-the-mill, just... 
out the outskirts kind of town. You know what I mean? So when old boy popped out with the supercomputer, I was all like, yo, what the f-? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I wouldn't think this kind of kind of equipment is in like your old school run of the mill town. Yeah. So but that's, that's also like where the family came from, not where everybody lived because everyone else was in a major city once calamity started happening. Well, yeah, but see, that's the other thing. Like, how how close did they have to be for them to get all the shit to the house that quick? Like, I can understand. Like, okay, we're related. We go go we go see uh great grandma Sancho Pancho, whatever. You know, we go see great great grandma, and I live in California. You live in Pittsburgh. She lives in New Mexico. We travel to meet her, and they're like, oh, we got to take on this supercomputer. Well, I have a shop. It's in California. Let me go pick up fucking supercomputer. You know what I mean? It's It yeah. seemed like they just did something, because they didn't say it was a long time lapse. Plus, we had, what, a meteor, like that once uh, love machine. I keep thinking love. <laughs> keep thinking of something else. But they it had a timer on it. It had a timer because it was apparently going to fall on on like a power a nuclear power plant. It wasn't giving the scenario. It's just all we knew is there was going to be a major catastrophe go- going on. Yeah. I so, mean, because the, the love machine decided to get the, compute, the uh, satellite to fall. Mm-hmm. on one of the many nuclear facilities throughout the world to cause a nuclear meltdown and basically destroy the world. But would that kind of fallout, if, like, I understand that that kind of fallout, with a, I, I think it, a lot of people are saying it was the end of the world, but was it just going to be like a, a fallout of an area or was yeah, it? Yeah, it would have wound up being an area, but I mean, it would have devastated a lot of people. Yeah. Period. And it, nobody knew where it was going to land. So that goes to the whole concept of they try to go again. And that's when they did the whole, the, the battle tactic they did their family did so many years back did you notice that when the uncle was talking about like let's try this uh the 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 maneuver that our family did so many years ago and they're like yeah and then one like one cousin on left field goes hey but didn't we lose that war (laughs) like what the fuck it's like it's like but we won the battle yeah it's 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 pretty interesting that's why i think even like the minor, even as minor the characters are, each character stuck out to me in this movie, and it yeah, sucks. They all add something. Yeah, I feel like the more this is a movie I'm gonna keep watching over and over again. Don't get yeah. me wrong, and I'm gonna remember these names. goddammit. it, this was my first time yeah. and only time watching this film. Yeah, and it has left an impact on me. Like I said, animation. Yeah, and you can watch Story. it again, subtitled to see what little differences there are. Yeah. And that's that's like the beauty about this, you know, and honestly, like even watching it dubbed, I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you. It the dubbing was not bad. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. I watched it dubbed before also. 
And that that surprised me because I wasn't expecting it. Like sometimes we watch movies like Akira, Perfect Blue, um, Prika, and Paprika, yeah. There's been some like even some of the Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm, I remember Porco Rocco, Porco Rosa, whatever. Even though Michael Keaton did an amazing job on the voice, I feel. It was just some parts that that we could tell the dubbing was not there. Yeah. So I will say it's kind of dumb, but whenever I watch Akira, mm-hmm. I always watch the '80s dub because that's the one I like better. Oh, they changed the dubbing. Oh, they re-released it. They redubbed the whole movie. I don't like it. Because oh, the version I saw, I watched the the VHS version, but that one was uh, subbed. Yeah. I watched that one, and then I remember watching a special edition DVD copy, and that was like in 2002. And I remember my homeboy, he's the one who had it. Like, I was like, yo, uh, he's like, have you watched Acura? I'm like, yeah, but it was like, I watched it. Like when I was younger and I was on a VHS, so like, oh, uh, do you want to watch it? And he was, I remember I was a freshman; he was a senior. He's like, oh, you wanna you wanna go ahead and borrow it? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And then he he brought the copy like on the on the box and everything. And I remember looking; I was at a store and I remember seeing it. And like, yo, this is like a fucking fifty dollar DVD here, guy. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, he's like. It's like if I let you borrow a PlayStation 2 game, like it's all right, man. Go ahead, borrow it. I'm like, nah, about when it's less money, you got you can let me borrow it. <laughs> you know, back then, like DVDs were like, yeah, like the uh, essential. Like it's like if you see a DVD now, you're like, ah, like why am I even watching this? But sometimes I do like the DVDs. Like, kind of getting yeah. off subject a little bit. Like, I do like watching DVDs of older movies. You know, like, uh, like let's say if I watch uh, Evil Dead. Yeah. I have a Blu-ray copy, but I have the DVD copy. And I always find myself watching a DVD copy more. Just like yeah. that. I mean, you know, sometimes the updated everything kind of takes away from the film. Yeah, you know, because you'll see something in the back, like, oh, well, I wasn't supposed to know that's where so and so came from, but you know, you see the monster hiding in the back, or you see this thing that you weren't supposed to notice, or whatever, or you actually see the fucking string, of the monster yeah. that you weren't really supposed to pay attention to. Yeah. Oh, I want to get back to a couple things just real quick. Oh, like you, you talking about the California, Pittsburgh, and all that shit. That's American thinking, but you know, Japan isn't a whole lot bigger than Texas. So you could go to Dallas and grab something, or you can go to Austin, have it brought over here to Houston relatively quickly. Okay. You know, and then I think I was, you know, I had to look it up because I had never looked it up before. I just knew it in my heart, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I like the 80s dubbing of Akira the best mm-hmm. is because the guy who did Kaneda's voice was also the guy who did Leonardo's voice in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now that's something I did not know. 
Yeah, Cam Clark is his name. Okay, that's tight. So Ninja Turtle scores again. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I found out Uncle Phil was uh, Shredder, my childhood was like a lot. Like, you know, like <laughs> my childhood became so much better. Yeah. So, wait, wasn't it? Um, no, it was later on. Because I think like one of the Animaniacs was also like one of the voices on there. But I think it was like one of the later ones, right? Or did he do both incarnations of it? Oh, and the original dub of Akira? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Ninja Turtles. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure. It could be. Let me see. I think like I think like one of the Animaniacs, like Yakko or Wacko, like Rob Polson, I think that's his name. Oh, Rob Paulson. Paulson, yeah. He he does he's done a lot of the voices. I I know he's like fucking um he's Beast Boy and Oh yeah yeah Rob, Rob Paulson is Raphael. And I think later on he I think he's Donatello in like a later reincarnation of it. Yeah, the newer versions where they're all almost anime looking now where they got triangular appendages. Yeah, he's Donatello now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like he was an animaniac, he was that uh, he's Beast Boy and Teen Titans. Is he? No, no, he's not Beast Boy and Teen Titans. Beast Boy and Teen Titans like some hippie-looking dude. I remember him being on something, too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we, we just went from animated to animated stuff. Yeah, but... It, it is what okay. it is. So they, they wind up with Love Machine... And he's got all these accounts, and there's a big showdown, and so they use the uh, the card game. What's it called? Uh, I just actually asked my wife about that because my wife, she was sitting behind me when that scene came on, and she looked at the cards. We own those cards. Oh, really? You know how much money I lost my mother-in-law to those cards? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I asked her what was the name of the game because they name it something else in Korea. Oh, they're just here. They're just calling it Koi Koi. Yeah. It's, so that's what I was like. I was getting at my wife. So like, what are they saying? Wait, that's a Korean game. That's not a Japanese game. I'm like, well, apparently they're playing it. So it could be a Japanese game, too. Oh, Hanafuda. Hanafuda is the name of the card deck. Card deck I think. Mm-hmm. Because they say Koi Koi is a popular card game in Japan played with Hanafuda. So what are those cards in Korean? I have no idea. Can you look that up like real quick? Like, Because the other thing I can look up with is my phone, but the, I'm also watching uh, a game on here, which I don't want to nah, look It says flower, Hanafuda are flower cards are a style of Japanese playing cards. In Korea, Hanafuda are known as Hwatu. Battle of Flowers. Yeah, my my wife was addicted to like the the the, the phone version of it. Mm. Like all she would do is like, oh shit, I lost the game. Oh shit, yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like you know, she was. And then I'll tell her like, like I'll put my arm around her like, hey, how you doing? Like, Leave me alone, I'm playing. I'm like, yeah, shit. Now I can see how well, I, I was playing online games. 
it was like that in the in the anime too because they're just like blasting through all these cards like yeah this is it i got this i got that points and then kenji's still trying to read the rule book and they freaking finish a whole game no that's like yeah i i remember when i played with my mother-in-law it was one of those situations where like we're only playing for quarters oh that's cool uh, my quarters turned to dollars. <laughs> my dollars turned to ten dollars. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I just lost fucking forty bucks. Yeah, and that's that's what they do in the in the anime. They challenge Love Machine to this game, which um, Kitsune can play almost as well as the grandmother, or like the whole family plays it. But she's the one they choose to represent the family, and she's like, all right, you want it? some accounts you can get our accounts i'll play you for accounts and she winds up winning a whole bunch of accounts back from love machine but gets distracted and loses almost everything that she won oh yeah and then she didn't have didn't have enough to bet to me that was a little sappy to be honest when the the little little account came out of left field (laughs) the little german boy yeah yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And I, honestly, for a moment there, don't get me wrong, like with all kind of movies that are like this, for some reason, I thought it was like her grandma's old account. Or so. That's what I thought was going to happen. You know, I was like, don't tell me that. And then they're like, oh, it's some German kid. I'm like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Nah, it, but, it was cool. I mean, that's for the first time I watched this movie, that was like, one of the emotional points is like, oh wow, look, this kid is just like, you know, here, use mine. We know what you're trying to do. You're trying to win everything back for all of us. So here's my account. And as soon as that kid does it, all these people from all over the world start, yeah, use my account, use my account, win with me. And, you know, let's, let's get Love Machine. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. She ends up winning, of course. Why yeah. can we deny that? But of course, Love Machine always has a fallback plan. Yeah. But before this, we actually found out that I'm trying to remember her damn name. Natsuki's uncle was Obiske. the one who yeah. created Love Machine in America. Yeah, the uncle that ever, that nobody likes but her created the AI that's taking over and ruining the world but all he did was create it and he sold it to the u.s military and they're the ones that oh we got to test it so they tested it by putting it out there to break into oz i'm I'm gonna say something about that at the end of this (laughs) whenever we're at the end of it i thought it was pretty uh straightforward what they did there guys (laughs) so yeah at the end of the whole thing he loses but he still says a bit, he has pretty much a big fuck you to this family because he pretty much gets this entire satellite probe thing to just be like, yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna land on top of your house. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna kill all of you people. Yeah, I I found it funny like how they got the image of the video and it's like zooming in to see where it's gonna land and you just see like the the the, the dog outside barking <laughs> and the family like <laughs> fucking just turns to the to the right and goes, oh. Man, <laughs> like everybody like, just goes hell, straight, that's us. Yeah, it's like straight panic. Yeah, and then that's when I think this is like for me, this is like one of the best parts of the films. Like 
because everything's going to hell and then Kenji remembers the promise he made to the grandmother and it's like okay look we're not done yet so let's try to get control of this satellite back from Love Machine and beat it but then Love Machine throws out that super hard math problem that took him hours to finish hours to finish the first time yeah and he finishes it fast yeah but he didn't just do it just once (laughs) no as soon as he finishes it love machine's like oh yeah fuck you here's another one and throws it at him again so he has to do it even faster and he gets it right and then love machine's nope guess what bitch does it a third time and that's when kenji has to do it in his head and everybody's like holy shit he's doing it in his head (laughs) And his nose starts bleeding because he's overusing his brain. But before he that, can, Love Machine can do it a fourth time. But uh, like overexertion of his brain. Yeah, bleeding on the nose. Yeah. But, you know, Love Machine's fixing to hit it again and King Cosmo shows up. No bitch. <laughs> Dude, that scene with the punch. Oh, <laughs> man. I, like, I, swear, I took a snapshot of it. <laughs> I'm like, this is so fucking cool. It's like the coolest thing ever. And it, I thought, like, what do you think of of Love Machine's like uh, original design? Like, not like the big, because he he pretty much kind of goes to like like we said, like a Digivolve kind of thing. He starts off with like like kind of a dead mouse, dead mouse looking. Well, that was Kenji's original print. avatar. Well, that's true. That was Kenji's avatar, but it's got the Love Machine evil sharp teeth devil grin. So you got that, and then he fucking turns and into like, eyes. and then he turns into this fucking like, I want to say kind of like an Indian god kind of yeah, scenario like a Hindu, thing, like a Hindu Buddhist super buff muscle god. And then it's fucking Shadow King. Yeah. So we got all that, and then he goes back to that, and then you fucking just just picture Dead Moss with a grin. Getting punched in the face. Was it a punch? Yeah, it was punched in yeah, the face punch. by a rabbit. Terry Bogart style rabbit. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that rabbit, I'm, it always comes back to Terry Bogart. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it was like the greatest scene. I think maybe for that decade. It should have been. <laughs> hands down. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Um, he solves the problem straight out of his head, and everybody's. I, I thought it was weird because I'm not gonna lie to you, buddy. Um, oh, by the way, my wife just sent me this. She's like, it's it's Korean for Ghost Stop. That's the name of the game, or Watu, or Watu. H W A T U. Yeah, I have two of those on here, too. Uh-huh. And then she just, like, also looked up. She's like, but yeah, Japanese play the game, too. I didn't know. Yeah, I said Hwatu, known as Hwatu. Yeah, but, you know, she... Yeah, 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 yeah. Better to hear from the source. <laughs> hey, some, hey, man, we, our sources could be wrong half the time, all right? Because we could be wrong. We could have just made up this entire movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What was I? I was somewhere. Lost the all dead mouse thing. Punched in the face. The punch, Dude, I swear to God, if it was up to me, 
and I was putting my hands in some kid, I would have been like three down, three three cities down already. <laughs> like I love my family and all, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna shoot my ass down that way. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool though that the family that doesn't know him put their faith in him. That's yeah. actually something that, like, I didn't even think about till right now. Like, this family does. At first, they thought he was a criminal. Mm-hmm. Because, one, they they do find out that, yeah, he's not the boyfriend, that he's not all this. And that's how they figure out, oh, you made up this this story. Yeah. Uh, that, ah, that Natsuki made up the story or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, they literally, like once his information got leaked or whatever and it was because of his account that love machine took over everything it's his whole information just pulled up on the screen and they were like oh well we have everything on you now you're not a you never you never went to america you're just a loser kid from high school you know pretty much so even though they find out he technically misspelled the last word so it wasn't he that broke the code well yeah his friend did yeah. Well, no, his friend didn't do it. His friend found the files where everybody else put it in. Yeah. I mean, he did break it, but it's like he put T-H-E-I-R instead of T-H-E-R-E in the password. It's like, well, you know, whatever. So, yeah, we had that situation. But, like, this entire family, I don't know if it's because of the grandmother's, grandmother's letter, but they put so much faith on this guy. Like, that's a lot of faith to have on the guy that at first you were considering to be a liar in your family. But even then, that's also a lot of faith to put on a dude you just met practically a day ago, day and yeah. a half ago. Like, let me yeah, ask you the same thing. I mean, the, the grandmother said she could see that he was going to be good. But let me ask you this. Would you, on a real talk level, would you have that faith on somebody that you just met like that? Real talk, real talk. I mean, if you hear, like, look, you heard the truth about him. You heard, okay, he's not this, but he did do the math. and He did have these things or whatever that he could do these things. Then, yeah, you, I'd put a little faith in him, yeah. Would you would you have enough faith to stay in the same house with him after things falling down from the sky? As the things falling down, and he's working. If he if he didn't get that first one right, okay, maybe let's send the children <laughs> out of here. <laughs> send the children, and you'll be the one. Uh, be like, I volunteer to take them out of here. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> I'll get the kids out of here. Let's go. And then. Uh, but no, as he got the first one right, the second one right, and all that stuff, it's like, okay, you know, he's he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, and he did. He did manage to divert the satellite just enough to where there was no loss of life, just loss of structural integrity in the house and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the house didn't fall down, but it got beat up. Tiles were blown off. Shit, it almost seemed like a like, yeah, like a hurricane hit it. In other words, yeah. But they got a new hot spring, so 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was pretty. Uh, like I remember the whole part of the family being on top of each other, and then just a little one kid just like out of left field, just yeah, like just pulls up and just looks around. And that's what I mean. Like even though this movie is supposed to be taking itself kind of serious at points, like there's so much enjoyable like childlike art involved yep. in it as well. With the the uncle, don't mess with those wires. We're just looking. So. Yeah, I, I think this movie also it, it does a great job uh, showing emotions, and I see it's rated PG thirteen. I mean a PG. Would you go with a PG rating on this or a PG thirteen rating? That's that's something I do want to ask you. I personally I do see like a lot of alcohol in this movie, especially when the yeah. party's going on. Uh, you do you don't see a nude nude scene, but you do see close. Close enough nude scenes. Uh, yeah, so that's why we get the PG with all the alcohol use and the near nearness of it. You know, but to me that's usually like a PG thirteen. <sighs> I mean, based on when. I mean, even then, like I remember. Okay, so I do own Rock and Roll High School, the Ramones movie from the 1970, 1982 or 1981 or something? Or was it 79? Something like that. So that movie, it it had to be 79 because Road to Ruins had just came out. So that movie was rated PG. At the time, there was no PG-13 rating. I understand that. That movie there, though, like, they had cocaine usage. Like, dude's fucking snorting cocaine, and he's like, they ask him what time is like, huh? And he, all the cocaine just falls to the floor. You know what I mean? They have, like, all these drug scenes and everything, but the movie's still PG. I get it for its time. It is what it is. In 2009, you did have the PG-13, of course. You had PG-13s probably since, when was it? Uh, not Jurassic Park. Whatever, yeah. No. Was it Jaws that had PG-13? Didn't Jaws start the PG-13 thing? But even then, then it's kind of weird to think about it. Because if Jaws was PG-13, that came out way before... That came out before Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, I don't know. That would be something to look into, too. Cause that that'd be weird, but I mean I understand. And also around twenty two thousand nine when this movie came out and everything, we did have like a lot of unrated films that were in the market. Nowadays, it's kind of weird and kind of cool. I do own a lot of these horror unrated films, and I look up at the DVD prices now. They're fucking crazy. It's crazy yeah. how much these movies are, and I'm like sitting there like, what the fuck? And my wife's like, ahem. All right, I think I'll find a buyer for this. No, you ain't going to find nothing, woman. <laughs> but it, it, it's insane. Like, even movies that I went to Walmart and bought for, like, 2 or $3, like, you know, like, went to the, the bin and shit and because they were unrated. And then th- because nowadays they don't sell the unrated films anymore. Like, uh, I used to try to look for, like, my wife, since she likes a lot of the gore stuff, I used to try looking up a lot of the uh, unrated films for renting. Because you could do it back in the day a lot easier. Nowadays, you, you can't find them as easily. 
or they'll just put you to a point where you have to buy the movie or they just not even on streaming anymore. Oh, yeah. So either you have a rare unrated version of a movie or you're just going to have to stick to watching to the rated version, which let's be honest, it's really only like two minutes worth of differences in each movie. Yeah. Easily. So it's not like you're missing anything. The same. Yeah, well, it's Jaws wound up with a PG rating. Oh, Jaws ended up with a PG rating. But something ended up with a PG-13 eventually. But yeah, uh, because I think it was Joey that was always talking about that. That it it got PG because there was no PG-13. But that was way back then. When PG-13 came out, that should have been... But I mean, I've seen a couple of animes. Like, if you look up, um, like even Fairy Tale, you look up at animes that are even now. They're, or even then, like when I rented them or bought them back then, I used to buy a lot of anime between 2007 to through. Well, no, I used to buy between like 2003, kind of stopped in 05, kind of actually no, brought it back a little in 05, and then like I remember seven, oh seven through. 10 it was i had an anime collection like like i have my comic books in my in my vinyl collection you know and all those animes even i felt that were even more childlike than this movie was those were tv 14 you know or even some of the movies had a pg-13 rating So that that was always my my now that's why I look back on some of the stuff I used to watch back then and go, how the hell is this PG? Damn. Well. Or maybe because they didn't drop a curse word. Yep, not a bad that, curse word. Yeah, that that could be one. I know that was a stupid rant, but it was what it was. That's what it is. You said it, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the ending. How humbly sweet was this ending? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it, the movie literally took a three, like in a 180 direction at the ending, which I didn't mind it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was enjoyable. Like, you have, like, the whole family singing uh, Kumbaya and everything. Like, not Kumbaya, happy birthday. Happy birthday to the grandmother, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I remember, like, was it earlier in the movie, like, the kid who was in the in the baseball champion, going to the baseball championship? They, oh, apparently, like, when this, when this end of the world catastrophe was going on, this baseball game's still going on, by the way. Yeah, well, they only had two hours to stop it, so they didn't stop the game for two hours. So, like, this kid didn't even know that his grandma had passed away. One, They're like, we'll tell him after the game. Yeah. Which, it's respectable enough to understand. But at the same time, my grandma would die. I don't care. I would like to know. Well, yeah, you're going to want to know. But, you know, in this high-pressure situation, you're going to know. And you're still going to have to play the game. And then you're not going to maybe play to your best of your abilities. I mean, I would like to know. I would like to strike some. I'll be striking people out. I ain't gonna lie about it. Yeah, I don't know about that. There, I'm smacking somebody upside the head with a baseball. I'll tell you that right now. That, or you're crying in the corner, and they gotta put a new pitcher in, which the team 
looks like only has one pitcher in the whole damn thing. (laughs) Another thing I wanted to know. Like, don't they rotate and shit? Yeah, I know the Japanese pitchers will pitch the full game. They do that. But there's more than one pitcher on a fucking team. Any team. But, I I mean, I understand the whole they will play a whole game, but they do rotate the damn fucking pitchers. (laughs) Yeah. Like... The one pitcher play one game, the other pitcher play another in the story. But yeah, no, the whole thing is these aunts that never cared or didn't want, like, were all against the, uh, they're not on board the Kenji train. Yeah, they weren't all wanting to go take down Love Machine. Yeah, they, they just leave it alone. They, they have better things to care about, which was the grandmother passing. Yeah, well, that's actually, it's actually kind of cool, not cool that it happened, but it's cool how, like, all this story and everything is going on while this happened. It's, it kind of shows you, like, because you notice how the women were the ones that we got to be, like, the responsible, take care of this, but it also makes the guys look like they were irresponsible, yeah, but they're actually trying to save the world. Yeah, they're like... Uh, was the guy pulled a quote out of Seven Samurai? The best way to defend ourselves is to defend other people, or something like that. Help ourselves, help everyone else. Then they also call him out on that, on that, on, on that quote. Yeah, well, he after he said it, they were like, "Where'd you get that from?" He's like, "Oh, that's from Seven Samurai, or whatever." I forget where they asked where it was from, but anyway. I think they were trying to tell him like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think you came up with that." Yeah. Something like that. But no, it's... Well, the uncle turned himself in, but he couldn't get charged with anything because all he did was created. It was... And this is what I was talking about earlier. They brought up the entire... Oh, the U.S. government is now being... And I'm like... It it felt like... It felt like a a jab from Japan (laughs) trying to be like the U.S. Army, the U.S. military, the U.S. I'm like... Yeah. Damn. Okay, I got you. I mean, it's not much of a jab. No, we don't fuck up. We got you. I mean, they would do that stupid shit. But see, they would do it with... uh, They would ask the people from Oz to give them their data, or they would create their own Oz within a confined space, kind of like Tony Stark tried to do with Ultron. How he tried to create mm-hmm. Ultron in a confined space, but Ultron got out. Yeah. Or it's the same shit. The U.S. would do it that way, but not let him get out. Mm-hmm. Or at least try to. It's even, I mean, it goes back. Have you watched Shaolin Soccer sub? Uh, sub? Oh, well, yeah. That's the only way I watch. Is that's the, that's the uh, what's, what's that director's name? He, he did Kung Fu Hustle too, right? Steven Chow, yeah. Yeah, Steven Chow. Yeah, I've seen the movie, of course. And I've only seen it in uh, in its original language. So I've only seen the sub. Okay, yeah. Well, in, in that movie, they say, hey, yeah, I got the best uh, steroids from America. Oh, and that's wait. how the bad, the evil team was so good. I mean, this is a little different, though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah same comes on. Yeah, a little something, yeah. It's like, like, why can't they have been like, we found the best whiskey from the United States? <laughs> I yeah. mean, Canada be making some good whiskey. No? Yeah. What's Crown Royal? 
I don't drink whiskey. Don't fucking ask me. Oh, mopping. Ugh. Well, them boys don't look that good right about now. But okay, so the moment where Kenshi was actually asked to kiss. <laughs> That's a key. It's probably hands down my favorite scene of the whole besides the punch that has to like literally be like the counterpart or the it, it, it just matches as my favorite scene of the film. Because she's like puckered up and he's like, uh uh and then the whole thing you have like the whole family like like right literally there. It's like, uh, do it, do it. And you have, like, the perv uncle, like, don't you dare kiss her. Cousin. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh yeah, the, per- the perv cousin's like, don't you dare kiss her. He says he's not with her. <laughs> like, the whole family's, like, hanging on to well, him. Well, that was the funny part, because he's, like, was, because there's, like, do you like her? And he's all, uh, uh, and he's like, you better like her. And then he's like, yeah, I like her. You, why in the hell do you like her? You can't like her. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it's so much so much shit going on right there. It's just it's just perfect. You know what I mean? So he's fucking turning yellow, like turning red. Like the blood, go, like his face turns pink or red, and then you just like see the one strand of blood, <laughs> and then fucking out of nowhere, like both the nostrils just go off. Yeah, because she kissed him on the cheek. Yeah, that's when the second stream blew out. And just straight right there, he just straight passes out. Yeah. I mean, the cousin should have been happy, I guess. Like, Yeah, the classic Japanese thing. And then all the little kids at the same time. What a wimp. It was, it was, that to me, that I felt like it deserved, it was the perfect time to put that line in there. Because there's some times where the lines just like, they either like don't do the kiss or a peck or anything like or he would just pass out before it even happens anything happens like sometimes then then you'll hear like the background oh what a wimp like i feel like it's forced yeah but like or maybe it could have just been the way it was drawn you know what i mean like like i said this this movie's i liked also the way it showed its emotions yeah like when you see someone nervous you see the nervousness when someone tries to keep a straight face, but in their eyes, you can see like the fear or the, or the, you know, it's, it's yeah. always something. It, that's, that's what I felt. This movie was really on top with. Yeah. It had a lot of humanity in the film that you could see through the animation. So, and that was really nice. So in an age where we have like a lot of stuff like dot hack or the matrix or anything like that, um, even though this movie is also like a very fun slice of life, uh, would you recommend this movie and what kind of people would you recommend this movie to? Because I find myself recommending this movie to, for many people to watch and, and like, and I can say it's like, it might not be your genre style of movie watching, but I feel because you also like this, you will probably enjoy it. You know, like because the movie's not a hundred percent one kind of thing, and yeah. I feel like that that that's its um that's its charisma of it. That's the charisma the movie has. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I I would recommend this to a wide variety of people because it's got 
basically something for everyone. It's got some romance. It's got some drama. It's got some action. It's got a fantasy type, sci-fi fantasy to it. Because, you know, there is not a world like that now. And here we are, uh, what, 12 years from, 13 years from 2009. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't even do that now. I mean, virtual VR chat doesn't even get that detail. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's plenty of people that could watch this film and wind up liking it. Good film. Good film. I can see why it won the awards it did when it did. She got Best Animated Picture for that year, too. So, yeah, don't take our word for it. Check it out. Summer Wars. And if you get a chance, check out Secret Wars. It's also a good comic book series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Let me just throw that in there. Uh-huh. All right. Vincent, where can they find you at, man? Look me up on the socials at ELCID, ELCID the first. All right. And you can find me on Instagram. Apparently, I'm trying to do some stuff on what's the other one? The one with the tweet, the t- Twitter. Twitter. I am trying to tweet a bunch of stuff now. Apparently, well, not doing a good job of it, but I'm, I'll do it the thing. Uh, you can find me at xxleoxrtd2xx. And for the entire podcast, make sure to catch us at Nimrod Generation Podcast. One word. Instagram. Thank you guys. Till next time. Sweet.